Meet Stacy. Stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses. Call me picky, but I just can't find the one. Luckily for Stacy, Walmart Vision has virtual try-on. Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? <laughs> yeah, really. Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better. Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. podcast1.com and of course iTunes. Thank you for listening, streaming, downloading, however it is that you connect with my podcast. Appreciate you guys doing so. Hope everybody's doing well and thank you as always for uh, for checking out the show and spreading the word about the podcast, bringing you all sorts of great stuff and great interviews each and every week. I'm glad you guys have been digging the stuff I've been putting out the last couple weeks. Alice Cooper, Ron Nevison, so many great ones. As you know, the Eddie Trunk podcast is free, and we uh, we thank all our great sponsors for helping keep it free. Because of them, I can bring you this free each and every week with limited ads and at no cost to you. If you heard a sponsor that you want to try or you forgot a sponsor, you know what to do. Go to podcastone.com, visit the Eddie Trunk podcast page. Not only can you grab this podcast or stream it that way, you you hit that killer deals button that's on my page, and you'll see some of my great sponsors there. Buy through those links. It absolutely helps us out. Same great deals, and you will also get the same great sales and opportunities. We just get credit for the purchase. We appreciate you doing that. So check those sponsors. Killer deals. The Eddie Trunk podcast page at podcastone.com. Don't forget about Amazon as well. Be sure to use that. We are a participant in the Amazon Associates program. That is an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by linking to amazon.com and affiliated sites. Link to Amazon, like I said, through the Eddie Trunk podcast page at podcastone.com. So we are back with another podcast this week that I really think you guys are going to like. Made it back from Tulsa last weekend. Had an opportunity to host a show with Tom Kiefer there that was really a lot of fun. Every time I see Tom's band, it gets better and better. He is kicking ass out there. And it's good to see a guy totally committed to what he's doing in a day 
day and age where we have these artists that move around and jump around to a different band every week, it seems like, to see Tom just committed to this band and building it and building it has been a really great thing to see. So had a good time hosting a show with him at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa last Friday that was sold out. It wrapped up a great week and change in Tulsa. I want to say huge thanks to the Hard Rock in Tulsa for their hospitality. And also thanks to my friends Doug Burgess and Tom Green for having me out at the IDL. And all the great rock fans that I hung out with there in Tulsa. Next up, July 1st, I'm in Detroit to host an L.A. gun show at Harpo's with Phil and Tracy. As usual, all my appearances are right on the homepage of eddytrunk.com as they come in and get confirmed. So this week on the podcast, I have for you an interview that took place on my volume show, as most of the interviews you hear on the podcast. They do originate, as I often tell you, on my radio show, my daily radio show on Sirius XM which is live Monday to Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Channel 106 Volume. And the show replays every night, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern, and it's on demand on the SiriusXM app. If you have SiriusXM, you know, sometimes they hear from people and they say, well, I, you know, you're on 2 to 4 in the afternoon Eastern Time, or even if it's Pacific, it's 11, 8 to 1 p. You know, that's a bad time. I'm working. I, Well, guess what? The show replays every night. So there's a second chance to hear it. And guess what? If that doesn't work... If you have SiriusXM, you can grab it on your app and download it and listen to it whenever you want. So no excuse if you have Sirius or XM to not join me for Trunk Nation each and every day. And some of the interviews or most of them that you hear on the podcast originate on that show. This one happened uh, about a month ago when members of Styx dropped by my studio. JY and Tommy Shaw, along with Lawrence Gowan. Originally, we thought we were going to have a lot less time with them when JY had to walk away, as you're about to hear. But he came back and rejoined us, and we had a good, nice, long hang with the guys from Sticks in the studio who have their first new album coming out in a really long time. I have the utmost respect for Sticks because these guys actually play and sing everything real. In a day and age where we have so many artists putting stuff on fake tracks and, and, and fake backing tracks and what we're hearing live we don't even know is live anymore or not sticks actually does everything for real and puts all that work in on vocals and sounds so good still doing it their new album sounds real good too it's coming out very soon in a week or two as a matter of fact so i thought it'd be a good time to bring you this interview we talk about their new record we talk about the old stuff we talk about damn yankees it's really a fun conversation so get ready for lawrence gowan tommy shaw and jy of sticks on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast. As usual, eddietrunk.com is my official online home. All my appearances are there. Music news updated daily by Dana. The merch store with shirts and hats and much more. And also signed copies of either of my books directly from me. Just hit the books tab. And the Trunk Report, that is my blog. Uh, so much stuff to check out. Please check often on eddytrunk.com. And most importantly, like I said, if you want your one-stop music news, listen to me on volume and check my website because Dana updates that every day with all the stuff you want to know about. Let's take a break right now, and then we will come back and get into it with members of Sticks, three members of Sticks, Tommy, JY, and Lawrence here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. The Eddie Trunk Podcast.
So when it comes time to protecting the ones you love, I'm sure we can all agree nothing is more important than their safety. Of course it isn't. And Simply Safe helps everyone protect their loved ones. So you know that they're always safe. Each Simply Safe system is a security arsenal expertly engineered to protect each access point in your home. You can set up the system yourself in under an hour and save hundreds on installation fees. Simply Safe is designed so that you can easily blanket your home in professional protection. 24-7 monitoring is just $14.99 a month, and there's no hidden fees, no gotchas. That's it, $14.99 a month. No long-term contracts either, folks. Simply Safe will never lock you in because they earn your business every single day. To find out why millions of Americans trust Simply Safe to protect their loved ones, go to simplysafe.com slash dad, D-A-D, now. SimplySafe.com slash dad, D-A-D. If you order today, you'll get an extra 10% off plus a free keychain remote and free shipping. Go now to SimplySafe.com slash dad. Have you heard all of the above with Norman Lear? So far, Norman's had conversations with Amy Poehler, Gerard Carmichael, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and last week it was Kevin Bacon. I have made a point of saying, you know, when I when I started to do I Love Dick, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, because I, I don't know, I have to wind them up a little bit. That's great. <laughs> and don't forget to check out this week's episode with America Ferrara. When I speak out and speak politically, I don't think of myself as speaking as an artist. I think of myself as speaking as, as a person, person, as a citizen, as a woman. All of the above with Norman Lear. New episodes every Monday on the podcast. Podcast One app or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or PodcastOne.com. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right, we're back and it's time to get into it with the guys from Sticks. New record to talk about, tour going out this summer to talk about. We got a lot to cover, so let's do it. Tommy Shaw, James Young, Lawrence Gowan. This interview happened about a month ago on my volume show on Sirius XM. I think you're going to enjoy it, so let's take it away with Sticks. JY and Tommy Shaw, good to see you guys. Yes, Eddie. indeed. Yeah. It's good to see you. You too. And Lawrence Gowan, How nice to you, see Eddie? you. Is it Gowan or Gowan? It's Gowan, and for Gowan. people in Canada, it's just Gowan, because there was no Lawrence way back when. Lawrence joined Sticks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You just you just uh, well, remember your 80s, last name? Yeah, in the 80s, I was, I was a one-name guy. If you remember, in the 80s, you weren't allowed to have two names, so I had a one-name a career where I had, you know, wow, solo you could records. pull that off, huh? I, I pulled it off several times, actually. So your People records came out just on. under that name? Yes, just under Gowan. So why did you guys decide you needed a first name? It's a rule. It didn't dawn on us how much he really was Gowan. Uh, we, you know, we're from, from, you know, below the border, and uh, we, we, he's, you know, he's a national treasure up there uh-huh. he's got i mean uh what is this the songs when songs are, are they become classic songs yeah i have four songs that have reached what they call classic status where they've been played on canadian radio over a hundred thousand times in america Whoa. it's a million right so canada's one-tenth the population so yeah i have four songs a criminal mind strange animal a song called dancing in my own ground and a song called uh what's the other one um uh, <laughs> midnight oh. midnight desires Moonlight Desires, of course. Moonlight Desires was the first one that got there. That's a song I did with, uh, and John Anderson from Yes did a beautiful guest vocalist uh, part on that song. 
So yeah. so were you like, wait, no, no, I'm just Gowan. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And these guys, you, know, you need a first name. I, yeah. I love that. For, <laughs> like, you know, there's all these challenges coming into a band. You're right. filling huge shoes coming in, replacing Dennis yeah, DeYoung. Sure. And you're like, but no, I'm just Gowan. And you're right. like, no, I want you. You're getting a damn no, first the, name in this band. Well, he <laughs> neglected to mention that then he tried to remake himself in the 90s and he put out a record called Call Me Larry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, did you really? I did. But in the '90s, suddenly, to, <laughs> I'm wondering what's what's to, real and what's not. I know, yet. no, yeah, I, 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 it, all, it all sounds like one big comedy. But it does. Every, 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 everything in life, everything in life is a comedy in reverse, right? When you look back in your life, it, it, as life moved forward, it's a drama, and when you look back, yeah, it, it's yeah. a comedy. So in the '90s, to try to distance myself Boy, from my so mullet true. of the '80s and the one name guy, I put out an album called Lawrence Gowan. But you can call me Larry. <laughs> so you you yeah. should have come into the band and just called yourself Lawrence, and you guys yes. could have just went with Sean Young. <laughs> could have been like a law firm, you yes. know, Lawrence Sean Young. It was a law firm actually for the first couple of years I was in the band. Practically, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And then it kind of went back to being a band. Yeah. What year did you join, Lawrence? Nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. So yeah. you're, of course, you're the new guy coming up on almost twenty years yeah, in the exactly. band, right? Yes, yes. So you know you're going to always, always wear that. One, I'll probably. always wear that one and proudly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the new guy from 1975. Yeah, yeah exactly, Tommy. I mean, you are. I mean, I yeah. did a show here on the radio because every day sometimes I have topics. I get into all this debate with my audience, and I had this thing, and I said um, we did this uh, back and forth with the audience. The best replacement members in the history of music. Like, who were the guys that came in that weren't original members that mm-hmm. were the best fits oh. and the best... And you think of Brian Johnson, you know, you think of all... And a, a more than one person called in and said, Tommy Shaw, Tommy Shaw, because mm-hmm. even though you're you're not an original member, you, you know, you've got 40 years in and you, you're just so synonymous with the band, I didn't even think of you, actually. But that's a good thing, I think. But, sure. but you I, are, I'm technically... A, I'm honored, yeah. I'm technically a, a new guy. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that way about him, James? Is he, do you still haze him? Is he still the new guy? <laughs> no, no, no. He's, he's, my, he's my ally and my partner, and I desperately need him. So yeah. there's no hazing more. <laughs> no more no. hazing. Yeah. Well, you guys are here to uh, talk about a new record, which, you know, another topic I had this week on this show is how long it's been, you know, what bands have taken the longest to put out new music that people want new music from. And for you guys, according to our calculations, it's been 14 years? 14 yes. years. Cyclorama? Yeah. Cyclorama. Right. Yep. That's the last so, uh, original material. Yeah. Man, Guns N' Roses had nothing on you, huh? No. no wow. Way. That's amazing. <laughs> and then this just kind of came out. All of a sudden, one day, poof, everybody said there's a new Styx record. Is that Was that by design to keep it a little bit stealth? Yes, because had we started talking about it before it was done... Then it would just be the topic of conversation for for months on end without a record to say now you can now you can get it. We wanted it to be we wanted it to be finished so that when we started talking about it, see, there's still a waiting period. Yeah, big time uh, of two months. There's but you can purchase it now. You can do pre-orders, and there's things that come along with with pre-ordering little little perks and things like that, just to keep it interesting while you're waiting for it to ship in uh, on June sixteenth. But yeah, we did. We didn't want the, you know, for there to be this interest in a new project that, that's still months before it's finished. So, um, so we did. We just kept it very quiet, and it was easy to do because all you had to do is look at our our touring schedule, and you go, "There's no way they can make an album and still play 120 shows." Right. 
So uh, how did you do that? Did you guys uh, do it on the road? Did you do? Did you record anything on the road? No, but it was just a lot of not taking breaks. It was just a lot of time when we weren't on the road working on the record, and and it kind of stayed that way until we completed it. Yeah, the record is called The Mission, and we'll talk a little bit more about it. It comes out, you said, June 16th. Right. And you can pre-order it now where? Where on, would people go on, to do that? Wherever you like. Amazon or however they buy records. iTunes. Uh, you can get uh, that. We have some special bundles that are kind of cool on our, on sticksworld dot com, but you can also buy them through your wherever you're used to buying your music. Distributed all over North America by UME, and so okay, so it'll be well you know, out there. Have, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Uh, and and you know it's interesting. You talk about how you kind of kept this a little bit under wraps while you were making it. We're in a, a time, and I mean, all of you guys, Lawrence in Canada, you just mentioned all the success you had, and you, so you're a veteran of the music industry there, even though when you joined Styx, you were a new guy to some yeah. degree here in America. But mm-hmm. you got, I mean, Styx starting out on an independent label, right, way back in the day? James. Well, I mean, it, was, it wasn't really independent. It was a custom label Wood of RCA. Nickel. Right. So, and, and, and Jerry Weintraub was a silent partner in it, so I mean, it was... I wouldn't call it an independent label. Okay. I mean, we had RCA, we had major distribution with RCA, but um, uh, in terms of promotion and staff, I mean, it was sort of a you know a subsidiary label, I think is what I would call it to RCA, and uh, and that had its, its pros and cons, and we did get some attention, but they, I mean, Lady, which was released in 1973 when Sticks Two was first out there, you know, kind of. Caught caught fire in a couple of small markets, but nobody really worked it in any big way. And and ultimately, a couple of years later, um, WLS Radio in Chicago, because we've always lived in Chicago, played around Chicago. And uh, that song, there was a, a DJ there that promoted a lot of shows, and and so he would buy his spots on WLS, and we go sticks, and then you hear your lady. So that that song, and you know people. People got to know that song that listened to the, to the top 40 stations in Chicago. And I think ultimately what happened was um, WLS, they, they would get requests for the song, but they never got, the, being a top 40 station, they virtually never got requests for songs that were not on their current playlist. So they said to us, we, when we brought our fourth record in to try and get them to play something off that, they said, well, no, we're not going to play this. This is a nice record, but the song Lady, we believe, is a hit that the record company overlooked, and we're going to play it once a night. Uh, when we go out 50,000 watts clear channel across the whole eastern seaboard from Chicago on down, and we're going to play it once a night until it becomes a hit. And the record company, when they heard that, they got behind it finally, and that's when Lady you know, achieved a top 10 status and was basically number one in every market across the country. It just peaked in different, you know, different times, so it never got to number one nationally. Right, and right. And we got a gold album out of the deal, and... Um, and away you go, and then on yeah. to A&M and yeah. all that. But yeah. my point about bringing that up is that in the history of Sticks, you guys have seen uh, the industry, the ebbs and the flows and the changes and the different ways that people do things, yes, starting out have. on that, going to A&M, yeah. then you would actually transition to some smaller labels later on in yeah. your career and release records. And now, you know, I talk to bands all the time, and everybody's got a different philosophy about making new music if you have a big history, as you guys do, you know, 40 years plus right. more than um, – some some argue there's no point in doing it. It doesn't. We go out. People only want to hear the old stuff anyway. Nobody plays it. Nobody buys it. There's others that just say, "Hey, creatively, it's something we need to do, and we're doing it for us and the fans who do want it." And that's the end of it. You guys all know, and I'm sure you know, nobody's dumb here. We all know that it. Even for the Rolling Stones, it's brutal trying to get 
classic Hello. new music over yeah. to, to to and get get the right. programmers to stop thinking and just like oh, all there is is lady and blue collar man and renegade so what's your think what's your 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 feeling about making new music and trying to get it over now in 2017 with a band that has a catalog like you guys have what was the the thought process was it something you just wanted to do because it was inside of you or do you hope that it really goes for you that it really takes off well, we had gotten really, just after we, we released Cyclorama 14 years ago, there was really no place for it at radio, um, but but there was there was still kind of the classic way of doing things. You'd go to radio and try to get get, get airplay, but there wasn't the airplay, so we, we had spent all that time and resources on creating that new record, and uh, so we just went back to doing what we knew worked for us, which was performing live on stage, which we really enjoyed doing. Uh, we all continued to write and and do a little bit of recording and stuff and d- d- solo album stuff. I did a bluegrass album uh, four or five years ago, and you did uh, the Shaw Blade stuff. Did the, did the Shaw Blade great stuff, stuff. And, yeah. and things, we made some concert DVDs. That's right. That that that's a very big point. James Young is he 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 realized this is a way that we can get out there is to do live concert DVDs, and and so and James produced some really good ones and you played didn't you guys play like all the pieces of eight and all of the grand illusion yeah, didn't you do was, those in their entirety concert right yeah. right yeah. so so all of that stuff was was other sort of creative things to do while you were sort of was this record simmering at all that like when did the Not, idea of to do a new record first come on the radar like okay this is now the next thing we want to do well, you know, like I said, we're always writing stuff, and and uh, a little, little over two years ago, we were somewhere, and I, I came up with a little riff, and I took it home, and uh, and I fleshed it out musically, wrote a little middle section for it, and uh, then it, when I went to write the words, what I wrote, I, I don't know if you listened to the album, but I haven't heard anything but the single. Okay, so well, when you hear the album. You, you'll it's it's it really it's it's nice to listen to it uh from beginning to end when you get to the end you think it's the end but then there's another song and this is the song that got written first and it came to me as i'm writing these okay you've got to write some lyrics so i'm going to sing it and there's a little little chorus and and what i wrote was this is the uh, now i can say that this is the day we'll be on our way on our mission to mars and i thought Okay, that's what that's what came out, and then I just uh, wrote a bunch of little verses that kind of limerick style like that, because uh, that's what this the song called for, and uh, and I realized this is going to be a lot of fun to sing in three part harmony. Mm. So I I sang it, I put sang the middle section, uh, then I put all the harmonies on it, and it was just like I, it's kind of a fun thing for me. It's a song about a mission to Mars. I'm not going to play it for anybody. Because Smoking a lot of weed at that time, or <laughs> no, not at, not at the time. <laughs> I remember writing about Mission to Mars, man. I think the song has had JY. A, <laughs> just wrote. I think the song has had a bad influence on me, though. But uh, um, so so it was it was like that. And my friend Will Ivankovich, who who helped me finish and mix and co-produce the Great Divide, the Bluegrass album. He comes from more of a punk uh, background, but he's also a huge Sticks fan. He grew up playing Sticks and prog music, and so um, I had played him this, and he said, "Let me play this other thing that I wrote." Is I just I, I wrote it in my sleep, and I got up and I you know I wrote, yeah I was able to remember it, and he had this song called Locomotive, and I listened to it and I thought these that kind of 
goes with this Mission to Mars song. And then I wrote some more words to it and wrote another section to it. And I was like, it's, it's kind of like two little end pieces here. And so we, we played around with it and wrote the beginning of, an, of another song and um, a little song here and, and another song that never made it to the album, but it was, it was kind of, it went with everything. So the next thing you know, it started having uh, some meaning to it. And it was about a mission to Mars. It was about this crew that, you know, it's the day that you're going to Mars and what everybody's going through. That's, that's what it made it easy to write about because it was the, the experience, the life experience of these people leaving Earth behind and maybe never returning and what, what they left behind. What are they going through? What are they going through when they're out there? So that, that made it easier to write about. And there was some technical stuff. I read that book, uh, The Martian. It, it had just come out. The one the movie was made? The, the same the movie was made. The Matt Damon I thought, wow, this is a lot of scientific stuff going on here. I don't know how much that needs to be in the film, but it's really good. And then uh, during that time, Lawrence could take that part up, the uh, uh, the New Horizons people called. Yes, yeah. During, just <laughs> coincidentally, NASA, uh, they had this... Uh, a spacecraft called the New Horizons, and it took off from Earth nine years prior to, I think it was July the fifth, two years ago. This actually happened. This is this is true. Yeah, I'm not. This is not the weed story. This right. is the real story. So, <laughs> weed we, comes later. Well, yeah. So they invited us to come to NASA because uh, we were playing in Washington, right by where their their secret headquarters is, and uh, they they asked us to come there to witness the arrival of it. Mainly because they had discovered a fifth moon around Pluto that they never knew existed, and they decided to name that moon Styx. So they wanted Styx, the band, to be there on the big day when uh, wow. the New Horizons Did arrived. Did they at name Pluto. it after the band? Well, they said they named it. it from you know, Greek they mythology. Said, Everything is kind of named from Greek mythology. It begins there, but the guy who the word was the guy who named it's it, Mark Scholes, said, yeah. "This is really because I'm a huge fan of the band." <laughs> you know, so and they had a big banner when we came in saying "Welcome, Sticks, to, to oh. NASA's New Horizons." So that eventually kind of skewed the story a little bit. Uh, you know, it was a mission to Mars at first, but then we figured, well, if this is happening, and we got we got our own moon, <laughs> we decided, well, after they leave Mars, they go on to Pluto and they stop by the the moon sticks you know so that's all woven into it you can ignore that story and just listen to the songs and and the album still stands on its own but uh after that, i'm cremated that's where i want them to put my ashes right it, yeah right on right on sticks yeah. right that's the place that's that's where you want to go eventually but you know what's something eddie back to your question about making new music the the there, there's so much in what you in what you said about how what I've witnessed being in the band for nearly a couple of decades. The reason now. why I bring it up is because everybody I talk to, I have a, I have a band in here almost every day or yeah. every other day, and every band, if they're bands with long histories, they yeah. all have a different view on it. They're all like, no, we don't care. We're making a record a year. We love it. And yeah. then the, they'll have guys and be like, you know what? We see our crowd just empty out, and we say we're going to do a couple from our new record, and and we just don't want to do it. It's not worth it. Right. So everyone and I get all sides. Of it. Yeah, it's just curious. It's just interesting to get everybody's perspectives every, on it. Every band has a has a unique story and a unique reason why they derive at whatever answer they have to that question. With us, I've witnessed us as as an entity 
you know, the personality of the, of the band, not, not any individual, but the personality of the band as it's developed over us playing so many shows together in front of so many thousands of people, that there's something there, that there's a magic there. And I thought, this is really going to be a shame if we never make another studio record where I'd be hearing all these great ideas backstage and mm. going, come on. And then JY started playing that opening riff to Gone, Gone, Gone which is the song that's out right now. Right, there's a video for it, you can see. Okay. Yep. So that's I'm killer. hearing that. Then about a day later, I hear Tommy playing along with him. And Tommy had played me that Mission to Mars song. Right. And I'd heard a snippet of, of what Will had with Locomotive. I heard just a little tiny bit. Of, and I thought, come on. <laughs> you know, this is... It. And finally I said, well, are we going to do this? Cause, and then I thought, because I love anything about space and concepts. I love those things. So are we going to do this? And Tommy said, well, if we're going to do it, we better damn well like it. So that became the goal. That became the target. You know, instead of let's make a new record because making it we for have you. to. Making right? it for you. Yeah. Really, that really became the thing. Yeah. So, yes. so that's why I'm so proud of it. And, and and it just started to explode. And then, little, you know, when, when Lawrence was okay with it, it was like, well, let's, okay, everybody can hear it now. Uh, I, and it's it's more serious. It's not a silly thing. And then then little by little, everybody started putting their selves into it uh the the bass went from me playing you know playing a, a demo bass or will playing bass to ricky phillips playing bass and that opened up the whole ricky yeah. phillips bass world and and then uh and will is a great drum program he pr- programmed the demo stuff but then todd took he took it in and it became you know todd is a compositional type drummer and he 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 composed these drum parts for himself they're just they're unbelievable. We, we we sat there and watched him play because he, he recorded his drums on two inch two two inch Studer uh, analog tape machines. Oh, went old school. Yeah, and everything. And on a knee Did you console. record the record on yes. tape? Yes, yep. everything yes. was analog? done. Yes, everything, really? everything was done as if it was nineteen seventy nine. Wow. Basically. Okay. So I'm assuming there's going to be a vinyl as one of those packages. It, it was it was done to be on vinyl. It was made to be on vinyl, yeah. and uh, Jim Scott uh, mixed it. Richard Dodd uh, mastered it. Guys who are all used to doing great analog stuff, and we used a a classic uh, Neve console of Blackbird. Not a single digital plug-in. Any delays, tape, you know, or or actual tape machines. So we had the two, you know, we had a half track and a a half inch and a and a. So you went and made a record old school the way they used to make records, yeah. and and I'm um, yeah because there's we, we used to make records, where you, yes. yeah, and 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 a lot of bands back in the day, but I mean there's a lot of a lot of artists, a lot of fans that would be surprised to know that a lot of records today are made. Sometimes the the, the artists aren't even in the same state, right? They're in the same we've, country. We've done that. You know, it's it's yeah. we did that with passing files around. We did that with a song, uh, everything all the time, or was it just be? It was just no. Be, it right? was it was. Uh, what was the other? What was the song? We do. I'll think of it in a minute. We we did it where we we everyone difference in, in the world difference, difference in, the world. in the world. Everyone was in their own studio, you know. So I you know sent my parts and my keyboard parts in, and Tom you know put his parts in. We all did that without us all being in the same room, and the result was a very nice recording of of that of that song "Difference in the World." But it wasn't the magic wasn't there of having all of us in the room together. Smelling a tape machine, you know, a two-inch tape machine going around. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the, the, there's a whole ambience that goes with it. Of course, to, yeah. To, to, it's 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 like it's like a band rehearsing in a rehearsal hall, as as compared to when they're on stage with the lasers going like crazy. There's a different energy that that's taking place, you know, and a different. I, I th- and intent. I think that song w- was the turning point 
because it was, it was a decent song. Yeah. But it it was so sterile because we were just in our little rooms by ourselves. We weren't looking for you know reactions from each other and and advice from each other as a band because we're a band. Yeah. Uh, so I think that helped us all feel better about you know let's unite around this purpose of make let's make a great sounding record that sounds like sticks that sounds like guys in a band all working on it together which is what it was yeah uh and we allow you you really allowed the creative friction to come into the room of the band where where when we're getting ready for a show there's all kinds of ideas that are being thrown around the dressing room and why don't we do this why don't we do that and some of them are shot down some are like you know another guy grabs onto it and then that that escalates etc that's how the songs were written yeah there and was that's some how great the tension that went on in the studio it was just it was fantastic and and it pushed people yeah it irritated some people and it it uh and and out of that, <laughs> James is laughing about the irritated. <laughs> Would you be the irritated one, James? Get up on that mic so we can hear your answer because you're way far off of it right now. <laughs> uh, well, uh, did you have um, to be sold on this? Say, no, I never had. No, because, I never. Because, no, because I, I was I was excited about the fact that we were doing this project. But a concept Very record, excited. which yeah. you guys have history doing, of course, Paradise Theater, Mr. Roboto, you, you've been in that world before. But a con- everyone knows a concept record can either be the wall. Or it can be the elder from Kiss, you know. It can be the, the <laughs> produced by the same guy, by the way, Bob Ezra, Ezra who I just spent both, time yeah. with in Canada. Yeah, right. But I mean, you know, so it can be the the the. I mean, you said yourself, Tommy, you could be a little bit concerned. You know, you wanted to make sure it wasn't goofy or it was perceived right. right. So it's a risky thing. Not only are you making your first record in fourteen years, but oh yeah, it's this concept record yeah, about Mars. We, we, we yeah, had this right. interaction in the studio when we were doing the keyboard parts and the vocal. There was it wasn't just. One person say, "This is how it's going to be." Right. Yeah. There was you know, differences of ideas, and it was it was kind of awesome, you know. After yeah. being these little these little separate islands, throwing in things like that. Yeah, right. I mean that's what being a band is. Hey, yeah. I'm getting the sign. I guess Jay, while you have to go, you're doing something on the Golf Channel or something. Well, they 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 line us up for everything we could possibly do, and I don't play <laughs> golf, but yeah. I, but I'm a, oh you don't? I'm, I'm a, well, I, I I play it very poorly. Oh, I thought you were a big golf guy. That's why you were going. But, to but the I'm golf I'm, a, I'm a I'm really a, I'm a fan of these young gun golfers and and what's the changes going on. We have a lot of PGA golfers that are big sticks fans. So there's a, there's a tie in, and we're just trying to get the the word and the record out. All right, so you have to go. Sell I don't some... really want to leave. I didn't know I was going to be leaving you to do it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But you got to go sell some sticks records to the golfers out there. So they're telling <laughs> me you got to go. So we'll let, we're going to take a break. We're going to say goodbye to you. Unfortunately. All right. But um, Tommy and I'm just going to call you Gowan from now on. Oh, I like it. Okay. <laughs> yes. It feels like it feels so wrong though. It's do like it, a, man. Do well, it. Shaw and Gowan are staying, and Young is leaving. <laughs> <laughs> but, Gowan. But Tommy and Lawrence are going to stay right. with us for the remainder yeah. of the hour, and uh, and JY has got to run and do some uh, some golf talk. So great to see you, man. And if I don't see you before you leave, uh, good luck with the record, and uh, come back anytime. Of course, you're Pleasure. always welcome. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. True Car, I've been telling you about them, and there's something about True Car a lot of people don't know. What is it? True, using the uh, True Car app can also help you buy a used car. That's what you might not know. In fact, there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. 
So whether you're looking to buy new or used, you can get upfront pricing information that empowers discounts off the list price for used cars and a better buying experience through our True Car Certified Dealer Network. And who does not want that? There are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You'll see what other people paid for the car you want. So you can know what a fair price is and feel confident. With True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing so you can enjoy a quick, easy buying experience. Using True Car, you can easily find the new or used car that you want. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, it's John Horn here. I'm the host of the new podcast that you need to subscribe to right now. It's called Geffen Playhouse Unscripted. And every week I chat about the creative process with stars who have roots and ties to theater. Who so far would you ask? Well, let me tell you, we have Rain Wilson, Neil Patrick Harris, Josh Gad, Dana Delaney, Brian Cranston, David Copperfield, Matt Walsh, and so many more yet to come. It's called Geffen Playhouse Unscripted with me, John Horn. You can download it on the Podcast One app, or you can subscribe now on iTunes or at podcastone.com. This This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. So Lawrence and Tommy continue with us here talking about Sticks, talking about their new album, The Mission, which comes out on June 16th. We'll talk about some other stuff as well. And um, just going back to the record for a second, when you make a concept record, I mean, you guys have been really active touring. You've been out with a bunch of different packages. You're going out with REO and Don Felder, right? Right. That's the latest run. When does that start? You, um, that starts in June, I think June 20th, actually, because is the right date. Right? Four when, days after the album's released. Okay, because when James left, he said you have a show tomorrow somewhere. We so, do, yeah. So you're, you're still show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're doing your own sort of one-off deals and then yes. getting yeah. ready for the tour. Yeah, there's no time off in, in, in Sticks World. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no rust. No. Well, here's, what, here, here's when you, you, you come out and you promote and you make a concept record, which this record will be when it comes out. Mm-hmm. It, it begs the logical question... Would there be a, an event or a way that you would like to present the whole record as one piece live at one point? Because you've done that before with, you did that with Paradise Theater, right? And, yes. Chris, and, and well, we never we didn't eight. play yeah. the whole Paradise Theater. No, no, it was it was Grand Illusion and Pieces of Eight. Yes, those two albums together. Yeah. Didn't did you ever play Paradise Theater start to finish though? No, we never did. Mr. Roboto? <clears throat> nope. Really? No. Nope. Okay. Well, th- wait. Wait, I just had the idea for the sticks. The sticks like mega fan experience. Here it comes, folks. One, one night, all three concept records performed in their entirety. Tommy's like, I can't now. You're gonna kill me. I'm totally I never. I would never. That's that's actually not a bad idea. I like because it. what it's still you could still probably do it in under two hours. No, you're th- because yeah. this album's only forty two minutes and eight seconds. So there you go. I mean, the first single is is two minutes two long. Minutes long, yeah. That no, means we're gonna have to rehearse, though. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that from so many bands too. When fans call in, like, "How come you never do this song?" And well, we'd have to rehearse. Then you know, you get to this to point, you're it. this well oiled machine, and it's just you you just go in and knock it out. But I mean, I would imagine that would be a cool thing to be able to do. If if you have the opportunity no, to, to do idea. it start to finish. You're absolutely right. Do, doing it on a summer blockbuster tour with two other uh, no. bands in the bill would be wrong, so no. we'll probably only do a, one or two new songs. But, but an I event guess sort of thing, for Sticks yeah. fans, an event yes. destination sort of gig yeah. would be pretty cool. 
if if the album is received to the to the degree that we hope it is, then that that is something that could definitely be considered, and I'd love to see it happen. Talk about some of the touring that you've done recently, because you're out with Def Leppard. That's the last time I saw you. Yeah. That was a, a great bill. I'm getting ready with REO. As a matter of fact, the the tour was. The tour with Leopard was you guys, and was it Tesla on the opening and Tesla, spot? Yeah, yeah. And Tesla. Yeah, and then, yeah. I mean, they've been out, Def Leppard's been out for like the last 10 years, constantly, yeah. it I seems know, like. Yeah. And, and Tesla's always in that, <laughs> they're always in that on-deck circle spot. They're yeah, good friends. They, they, they're good friends, ready and go. they're, the music goes really well together. Yeah, and now they got Poison in that middle slot, and then you got, and then I know, I think REO did some stuff with Leopard at one they point. Did, right, yep. And now you guys are getting together with REO, and I'm sure there's a lot of history there, right? Between there is. We're, we're old friends, and the dressing room doors are open. Everybody's in each, you know, we're like one big family. And same with Felder and his band. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually did a, um, a, a short uh, installation in Las Vegas, five shows over a two-week period, uh, where Felder joined our band, and we became his eagles. And we oh, played, wow. yeah. yeah. So we so we played, you know, about, about a third songs. of our F- six or seven songs, Eagle songs. So he came in in the middle of our set, and we we played his <clears> songs. <throat> he left, and he came back and played some, uh, helped us play the way out. And uh, so it was it was really nice to get inside those Eagle songs because they're you know they're simple but they're elegant. So you got to do them, you have to do them justice because everybody knows them. And so it, it was, that was a lot of fun. I had my banjo debut on uh, "Take It <laughs> Take Easy." easy yeah. Wow! It was so the banjo's still in the rack. You know, I haven't taken it home. Maybe you do it up again if he's going to be out with you again, right? I I don't, I don't know if he's hinting at that at all, but he always has a look in his eye. Tommy does whenever whenever the he he puts it forth that the banjo is available if you'd like to hear it. <laughs> and by the way, he kills it. It's, he plays it fantastic. I that was actually you know I said to Don, you know, I love playing these Eagles songs, but seeing a banjo on stage with sticks and Don Felder of the Eagles, that is was the pinnacle it's, moment in the show for me. And there's there's no, there are no uh, sad banjo songs. Right, right. That's one thing I learned as a as a part time banjo player. <laughs> <laughs> it there's a, a smile on your face. It is like the like the fiddle though. There's it's a very kind of noisy, rough learning curve for for anybody who's within earshot of it. So it makes a lot of sense to me though that that would work because one of the real trademarks of Sticks and the Eagles music is the incredible vocals and the harmonies. Mm-hmm. And and here's something. And when I saw you guys I, I don't know a year or two ago with Def Leppard um I Tommy you said something from the stage the night I was at that show which I applaud you beyond belief for doing because it's a huge peeve of mine as a live music fan and that is the because of the you just talked about recording the record old school and tape and all that because of the advances in technology more and more bands you go to see how much of what you're seeing is actually really live versus pre-recorded tracks and all that. Right. And you you stepped to the mic at the show I saw in New Jersey, and you said, I just want everybody to know, everything coming off of this stage tonight is real, live, and in the original key. Yes. And I was like, fuck yeah, man. And I, I usually add, every yes. mistake you're hearing is being performed live for you tonight. Yes. <laughs> but but my why I was so so glad that you did that is because and it's something I talk about a lot with my audience. I get calls from from a lot of fans and they'll be like, "I just saw fill in the blank 
They sounded amazing. Oh, my God, the vocals were unbelievable. And I know they're running tracks. I know it's yeah. not real. Yeah. And to me, the bands that are putting in the work to actually do it live and do it real, when you've got singers like Lawrence and Tommy and, and everybody in your band, you should ha- you're not slamming the other bands that are doing it, no. but you damn That's well just how we choose to do you it. damn well should get the acknowledgement and the appreciation in my view for putting that work in well, thank so you I applaud that. you for a doing it and calling attention to it because I think it's important you're putting in that work and I, I should say that more often because I yeah. I have heard people say that you know you, you guys are running tracks on your vocals right that's yeah. that's a compliment because they it sound so trumpet. good they yeah, think it you is. are it, it is a yeah, when, we did, when we did Seven Bridges Road with Don, what I, I couldn't wait for people to see because you know, there's a couple of you know YouTube videos of it, and I couldn't wait for people to hear it because we really carved those harmonies for weeks, or actually yes. for months, yes. getting ready for that. And sure enough, it came off great. But people thought, are they running tracks? Are they? And I can tell you, absolutely 100% zero. You know, every mistake you heard, you were hearing live, <laughs> as, a good, as a wise philosopher once said. And so, you know, the other thing is this. There have been shows where one, one of us has lost our voice entirely. Now, if ever there was an incident where you might think, okay, if we ran some tracks, we'd get away with it. This band has never done that. Tommy, a couple of times, has, has completely had no voice. We all kind of kind of jump in and try to cover the, what we can. The same thing's happened to me on several occasions. My voice is gone. I got to kind of half apologize to the audience, but it's amazing how forgiving the audience is when they know that this what is, they're hearing, this real. is real. Yeah. And the energy is real. And everything about it is authentic. So it, 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 those wind up being sometimes some of the best shows because they've had to fill in the gaps But, for, but for me, as a music fan, I, I, I don't, if I'm going to see a band live, I want it to be live warts and all. That's sure. what the live experience Absolutely. is. I don't want to yes. go see karaoke. And more and right. more what I'm seeing is that. karaoke, and it, and, and it bums me out. So the bands that I know that are truly doing it completely live, to me, should get the accolades. They should get the acknowledgement, whether someone else is giving, giving it to them or, like Tommy did, say it, say it from the stage. And here's the other thing, too. I understand that every band out there Maybe some of the singers can't do it or they've put stuff on their records that mm-hmm. uh, is too much for the, the, the lineup to handle live. Yeah. I, I get that. So to me, the best way to handle that is put a human being up there with you. I mean, Aerosmith has done it the right way forever, in my opinion. Yeah. They've got a guy. They acknowledge him. He sits behind the, the right up by the amps. Steven introduces him yeah. at the end. Here's Buck helping us out or whoever yeah. they have yeah. with us. Yeah. He's helping us out on keyboard. He's there's there. No, there's no shame. There's in no that. shame. It's like, okay, Zero. great. We get it. That, you know, crying is pretty up there and you need somebody to cover with you. It's, yeah. it's fine. It's, exactly. it's real. Yeah. But when you're sitting there and you're just hearing this track that you know is just what just came from the record. And it's you like, know what oh. it is, Eddie? What you're picking up on is that it's a completely different energy from a live performance to a recorded performance. Yeah. And even though the recorded performance might sound great coming through the speakers, it doesn't have the intensity of a live thing where the guy's having to like stretch or go through the pain of getting to that note or... Just simply have another person and up there that helps you with it. And if it's a touch off, it's okay. That's what live is. Yeah. That's the energy. That's the it experience. That exactly makes it that. real. And, yep. and it, it's difficult from night to night, building to building. Yeah. It's it's unbelievably... It's never the same twice. Yeah. You, you, that's why it's good to have sound checks, is to hear what the room sounds like. And yeah. some some rooms are just are, are wonderful, and some are kind of weird. 
And so you will have the conversation with your monitor guy, and let's see if we can give me something so to to, to work with it. And yeah. so that's the challenge. And uh, and with the thing with Felder, we we had to set aside some rehearsal time yeah. and and to work those harmonies up. And then there's a lot of different things that we would you know which part are you singing? So we switched them around. You know, hundreds of times yeah, it seems so like. Yeah. It was always a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it it was always worth it because, like you said, it really sounds real. Yeah. yeah even if it's not perfect, boy, boy it sure sounds. It's, you got a bunch of professional guys up there doing it, so it's not going to sound. Never going to sound terrible. It's it's not about perfection anyway, particularly in a live show. It's not about that's not what the where the entertainment is. The entertainment is in revving the audience up to where there's an exchange of energy from them to the band and from the band back to them. And the cycle of that is where that's where all the entertainment is. When you take when you take that 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 give and take away from it by simply having a recording there. Oh, well, I'll just speak for us. It would it would defeat the whole the whole endeavor. Yeah, well, keep taking credit for it, man, because you, you, it, it, twofold. You deserve it, and it's good that it creates awareness because there's so many people that don't realize that, that some of these bands, it, it's basically karaoke at some point. I mean, there's some bands I know that are running guitar and bass tracks on, you know, behind them. I mean, once you it's start, a it's going to, it's a. I mean, I could be up there doing sticks if it's going to be on tracks, you know? <laughs> I'll go up and sing. Uh, yeah. Sing the grand illusion, no problem. I can sing just like Tommy Shaw if it's a track, and I'm just lip syncing to it, right? That's well, then a... we might do that. <laughs> nobody needs to see that, Lawrence. Okay, trust me, nobody needs to see that. So we're we're coming up on this other break. Um, I got a whole bank of phone calls here. Uh, can you guys stay a little longer, or do you have to run out of here now? Do we know? Jy is doing his PGA golf. Can they stay interview. a little bit longer? Can they can yeah. stay here. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Management's out the Brothers. door. Now we get really crazy. I know Jay would like to come back. I know he would. Too. <laughs> yeah, just, just for his own sake, he, he's he's not a golfer. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's a great sports enthusiast. And Ricky Phillips is yeah. actually the he, he's the real golfer. He, he, he Ricky is, was friends with uh, Arnold Palmer, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ricky yeah. played with Arnold Palmer. Yeah. He's Ricky's a really great golfer. Well, unfortunately, Ricky's not here. He's JY not, is, and JY's taking the, the golf, golf bullet it's, right now. So you know something? So <laughs> Ricky, with our manager here, go and get JY and bring him back to Eddie's show. <laughs> and and but but Ricky and JY will watch the golf channel on a regular basis. So you go on the bus and it's on the golf. All right. Channel. So at least he can talk. He yes. can You can yeah. carry the conversation over there. So yes. we, okay. All right. So let's go to a break, and then uh, fortunately we have a little more time here with the guys. We'll come back. I, I, our lines are jammed. Everybody wants to talk to you, so we will allow the audience to talk to the members of Sticks when we come back and let you guys fire away. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, you guys, have you heard that Alone is back with a crazy new twist? And being together never felt so alone. Yep, Alone is back for a fourth season. And this time, some of the rules have changed. You know the deal. Ten hardcore survivalists, they'll still be dropped off into the unforgiving wilderness. But that is where the similarities with previous seasons end. You see, these ten participants in Alone are comprised of five competing teams. Brothers, fathers, and sons. And a married couple who all have unbreakable bonds. The competitors will be split apart and dropped off as individuals, equipped equipped with their 10 items, five each. And in order to win the game, they must mobilize, find each other, and survive on the island together longer than the other competing pairs. 
and they'll face extreme isolation, psychological distress, both individually and together as they plunge into the unknown, self-documenting their experiences along the way. Yep, that's the deal. There's no cameras. These guys really are alone. They have sh- they're shooting themselves. This is as like real and raw as it gets, folks. Can they work together? Or will the strength of their bond crumble beneath the anvil of Mother Nature? At stake, $500,000 awarded to the team that can last the longest. And this season brings the viewers back to North Vancouver Island, where the threat of predators is fiercer than last season, and the weather is the hardest they've seen yet. It really is an incredible journey into the human spirit. You've got to check it out alone on history. It really, I mean, this is... Unlike any other survivalist show, folks, this is as real as it gets. you got to check it out alone. And the new season, it's premiering Thursday, June 15th, 10, 9 central on History. Hey, everyone. It's Caitlin Bristow. Starting May 30th, you can listen to my show, Off the Vine, with Caitlin Bristow, every Tuesday on Podcast One. Hear me take on taboo topics and unfiltered advice. I'll also be dishing with some amazing celebrities. Oh, and did I mention there'll be wine? So grab a glass and join me every Tuesday on PodcastOne.com, the new Podcast One app, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I break down. Perfect timing that we got you back because we're lucky to have some more time here in the second hour with the guys and sticks. And then we're going to get to all these calls waiting patiently to talk to you guys. You'll need your headphones on before we, uh, so you can hear the callers. The volume knobs are right there. One last thing for me before I go to the phones, and it's, I have to say this because I rant and rave about this and have for 20 years and or plus, and some of my ranting and raving has actually resulted in some change and some positive things and some people actually getting in. I'm going to begin my ranting and raving about sticks for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm wondering, I know I care about it as a fan of the band. I know your fans care about it. I know it's out of your control. You guys have nothing to do with it. So, but I'm 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 curious if you, uh, I'm sure you hear about it from your fans all the time, and I'm curious for you guys if it uh, if it bothers you at all. I mean, or are you indifferent to it? Are we and we're seeing change finally. We're seeing Journey finally going in, Cheap Trick finally going in. We're seeing some bands finally who were ignored 20, 25 years. Kiss, Rush, yes, finally going in. So I gotta think. Very soon, you guys are going to pop up on that ballot. How do you feel about it? Are, is it something that weighs on you, or you really aren't whatever? Well, we've, I think we've probably had the whole spectrum of emotions on it, from from not caring to caring, maybe not caring. Um, I, for the longest time, I felt like, yes, I want to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame posthumously. I want to be in there after I'm. You're gone. trying to. You, you want to outweigh them, or they're going to outweigh you, or well, what? that way it puts me in the driver's seat. You know. Yeah, go ahead. And you don't have to decide now. whether you show up or not. I don't want to go. He's already in the Alabama Music Hall of I'm Fame. The, yeah, so. that, and that was very sweet. Tommy wants to be. They just put the big picture up while you other guys are talking, right? And the, but, the, yes, and everybody can. Too oh, bad he's not here. Oh God going, forbid, no, Tommy. No. God forbid. Uh, so, but listen, I, I we have we have a moon named after us. True sticks. Somebody over there likes us. <laughs> uh, we have we've we, we've sold a lot of records. We we love our fans. 
I think they like us. Uh, You know, know, I, I became a member of the Alabama Music Hall of Fame while my mother was still living. She got to go to that show. You know, that was that was one of the coolest things of my life. So this other thing, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of convoluted on how you get there. Oh, yeah. and, um, but it does, y- your, your fans do like the idea of you being there. The acknowledgement. Sure. Yeah. The acknowledgement of it. Uh, so I'd gone from, from that, that, you know, having a very sour attitude about the whole process of getting in there to, to not really caring to go, okay, give it to me when I'm dead. To to now, uh, to now I'm okay, and I and when I see our our friends getting in there, I realize especially like this year's class was I I loved it. I loved who, yep. who all got got in, and 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 now I've kind of come full circle, like or whatever part of the circle uh, is. I I think sticks should be in, and I will I will show up for it. I don't know how many tickets I want to throw down for. <laughs> But yeah, because um, that's another whole thing. I mean, there's well, there's the ticket thing, and then there's also which comes into play with you guys because you got Lawrence sitting here who's logged 18 years, and you've got other members who have been in and out of the band a long history, and that's the whole other drama when you do get inducted because they decide which members go in <laughs> and who doesn't. You know, Pearl Jam just went in, and the drummer on two of their biggest records was not included. But the guy who played on the other, the guy, it's it's really that's a whole nother thing, and that causes more drama. <laughs> Tommy's yeah. like posthumously is the way to go. Yeah, that's totally <laughs> the way to go. I mean, it, 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 totally. I hope you don't have to you pay can't for a lose. ticket for me. There's no <laughs> drama. That's a lot of money too. I know. Yeah, that, that would show some commitment. Yeah, you get mentions, and you oh didn't have God. to go. So maybe I'll I'll hold on to that. But uh, if it happens while I'm still living, I will I will go there and I will I will step up on that stage and accept it and try and be as gracious as I can. And uh, whether we play or not, you're still in, right? Whether you play or not. Yeah, yeah. So. Kiss didn't play. I w- that was the one year that I went. I went with Ace and Peter. I sat at their table and they didn't play, and because they wouldn't, and because that's where all the drama comes yeah. in. Because they only inducted the original four members of the band. And Gene and Paul refused to play with those guys, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only wanted it with those guys because the other guys weren't being inducted. So it was a whole standoff, so nobody played. So it's, you know, everybody, that's the other thing. Everybody goes in at different levels of, of drama. It's very, yeah. it's very rare that everybody has the kumbaya moment. You know who did it right? Cheap Trick. Because yeah, I, again, I was very, I was very impressed. By they them. had a, you know, obviously there's a, a big division with um, with Bunny Carlos. Bunny had sued him and and everything, but you know what, Rick and Robinson, you, Tom, we're going to go up there. We're going to accept with Bunny. He was the guy on the records, yeah. and we're going to play and we'll play with them the three songs that we're going to play, and then we're done, and everybody goes their ways. Yeah. Hart did that too, although there was some some weirdness with heart but they at least did get up there and do a couple songs with those guys so well i guess we would just have to face that situation when it happens yeah and and do the right thing that's that's best for all concerned yeah you can't go wrong doing that yeah exactly it's it's for one night it is what it is absolutely i mean the big the big thing this year was steve perry and journey right and right up till the 11th hour nobody knew what was going to happen and i had neil on this show a bunch of times leading up to it a couple at least and i felt bad for neil because the fans were pounding him about steve and he's like you don't get it this isn't like me saying i don't i want steve as much as anybody arnell 
wants Steve more than anybody because he wants to meet him. He goes, you know, Arnell was on Twitter saying, please show up, Steve Perry. It wasn't like there was a weirdness, but they just didn't know what was going to happen. And right up until the day of, there was still discussions, is Steve going to come out and sing? A couple days out, they found out he was actually going to physically be there and, 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 and be part and stand up there with him. But then it was the whole X factor, does he sing? And, and the, he, he didn't sing. And Arnell sang. But there's this photo of Arnell meeting Steve Perry. And he's like literally it's, – it's like those photos you see when uh, somebody meets the Pope. <laughs> like on one knee and looking up and holding his hand. It's, it was very touching. It was really very That's nice. nice. Because That's very Ar- nice. Arnell is a very sweet he guy. Is. He's, he's so humble and so talented. He is. He is, absolutely. James, anything you want to add on the Hall of Fame as a, uh, as a, as a original Sticks guy here? I mean, my sense of the whole thing is is that um, from what I can tell from everyone else's experience, not that I've really talked – well, I mean, the cheap trick guys we've seen since they got inducted. But, um, I mean, the crazy thing is is my younger brother who, who passed away when he was 50 years old back about 15 years ago was actually in a band briefly with Robin Zander. And uh, whenever I see Robin, he says, J.Y., your brother kicked me out of the band. <laughs> <laughs> your brother fired me. So, you know, that, but those guys, that, you know, it hasn't it, it hasn't changed their lives. It's not going to change my life. No, that's the big misconception. And just being honest, and I'm honest to a fault sometime, yeah. the bottom line is this. If you go in or you don't go in, it does not change your draw. And it doesn't change anything. People are lying to you if it does that. It's a nice thing to be able to say. It's a nice acknowledgement. It's great if you're a fan of the band to say it. But it doesn't change your life at all One the day after it's over. Right. Boom! You're still if you if you saw if you were a five thousand seat draw as a headliner, you're still five thousand. If you're ten, you're still ten. If you're five hundred, you're still five hundred. Right. Nothing changes. So I mean, my um, I was I was somewhat resistant to the notion, but uh, now I'm I'm neutral in, in the way that Tommy is. I suppose that you know if if it comes, it comes. Uh, did is there? Have we sold enough records? Have we, you know, sold enough concert tickets? Have we had enough success on a variety of levels on three different continents? Of course we have, um, much more so than many that are in there. So are we deserving? Yes. Um, Will that panel of 50 people see it that way? I don't know. And I don't care. Well, I can tell you this. I, I don't get to... I'm a voter. After screaming and hammering it for 20, 25 years, they made me a voter. I don't get to pick who goes on the ballot. That's right, that right, room you yeah, told of the yeah, 50 people. Yeah. But I am one of the guys the ballot comes to to check off who gets to go in. So I am. Uh, there's a couple artists, like as they finally make progress and you finally saw Rush and Kiss and Alice Cooper and Cheap Trick and Journey and these guys go in, then my list of snubs continues to, you know, who I hammer on, you know, starts <laughs> up. And you guys get ready because there's a lot of hammering coming from me for, for you guys to go. Mm-hmm. You guys, Foreigner. Pat Benatar, to me, is mind-boggling Pat Benatar is not there. I mean, she's a pioneer of female-fronted rock. Uh-huh. And look at how much female-fronted rock we have now. I mean, yeah. Pat Benatar, Neil Giraldo was here not a, a little while ago, but I mean, how has Pat not even been in the conversation? Right, so, right. Um, yeah. yeah, there's still work to be done, but there has been some progress, and that's a good yeah, thing. Yeah, and, and yes is in, which is fantastic. It's too bad that, that, that Chris wasn't around for it. but Because those pieces... 
see, now you're going to get me started, Tommy, yeah. because if they didn't snub Yes yeah. for 30 years exactly. and only snubbed him for 28, Chris Squire would have been there. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with Deep Purple. They right. snubbed that band for 30 years. John Lord's the founding member, Deep Purple. Right. They yeah. waited so long that John wasn't there. Right. So, Tommy, we can't have you posthumously. <laughs> Let's do. We got to make sure you're there, Tommy. <laughs> well, you know, we, we we've had we've had a uh, you know with our former keyboard player with with Dennis. We, we've we've gone through a lot to get to where we are right now, where there's there's peace in the land, uh, and, and we still have. We, you know, it's like we're a divorced couple who have have children together so the kids the kids are still they're always in the mix and and it's taken a long time we still have the same pub, uh, publisher and there, it's it finally got peaceful everywhere and i i don't i don't want it to ever i see where un, you're coming i, I don't want it to get saying. unpeaceful anymore because it's just too life's too short yeah yeah, well, that's right, because obviously the, that's the elephant in the room, that obviously if you were to go in, then then there's you, you've got to make that decision how you're going to handle things with Dennis. Yeah, and, you know, we'll, we're all grown-ups, but I just I, I just don't want to go through any, any more uh, of that's what we've already been through. Right, right. All right, well, we're putting the cart before the horse because we need the Hall of Fame to come to the party before <laughs> but, we can even talk but about. But you know that's part. that's the that's the elephant in the room. <clears throat> yeah. So so there's a little more unveiling of the elephant. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get some calls on right now, and uh, we'll talk to uh, again uh, JY Tommy and Lawrence Gowan from Sticks. The new album June 16th is coming out. It's called The Mission. We talked quite a bit about it earlier in the show, and we'll uh, we'll grab some calls now because because. Uh, People have been waiting for like an, an hour at times here. Uh, let's talk to Brett, who is in New York. Hey, Brett, you're first up. Hey, thanks, Ed. Thanks. Uh, just to piggyback off what you were saying, because you usually talk about bands with former members. I mean, why not talk about The Elephant, you know? You guys did reunite 20 years ago, right? And he would be there at the Hall of Fame, and you guys aren't getting any younger. So you say your, your your question, Brett, is if they would ever do anything with Dennis again. I think Tommy's point. Yeah, is, I mean, if Van Halen can reunite with David Lee Roth, Guns and Roses, the Eagles said Hell freezes over, right? Not in this lifetime. <laughs> Guns and Roses right? said not in this lifetime. Yeah, I don't know. Right? I, Everybody yeah. says the same thing, but nobody asks that question, or it's just like, Jesus, is that bad? I mean, we all, most of us have been divorced. We know how bad that gets. But. <laughs> well, anybody want to take that? I'll take it. I mean, as far as, far as working together, it is that bad. We're happy to stand on stage with Dennis. I've forgiven him for all he did to us. Um, and I truly wish Dennis well. I truly wish him happiness and success on his own. Um, he didn't want to be a member of this band, on our terms anyway, or on, on the terms of the democracy. Um, and that's fine. Um, we did some great work together. And uh, as Tommy said, it's like we have we have those children, the grand illusion, pieces of eight. Well, the thing is, is we did get back together. We gave we gave it a, a, a good old try. We thought that maybe time would change things, and and as it turned out, it it is like the divorced couple that everybody you, you guys should get back together. And yeah, we're older. Let's get and they get That's back right. together. And then it's because ninety six. It was like okay, we're going to try this again. And we did. We gave we really gave it a try, but it it literally started making people sick. People yeah. it made people sick. Made me sick. Uh, and. So you just have to go. Do we? How many times do you do the same thing over and expect a different result? And I, I don't mean that out of any disrespect. It's just that life is too short, and we we have a great thing going for the for the last eighteen years. Well, I hear that a lot from bands too. Is that there's a point where 
you, you all you have to look at whenever anybody's looking at any reunion of any kind with any former member, you have to weigh the um the return versus the potential risk, right? Yeah. And the return has to be massively substantial in a lot for a lot of people to possibly go down that road. If you look at the business you guys are doing and how great the shows have been received and now you're making new music and you're out there doing these amphitheater tours every summer and doing great business. And we made what's this, the, we, made, the, we have this new album which is which was uh it was the culmination of all these years together is this lineup. The point is is that like a perfect, you talk about Guns N' Roses as the caller brought up. Guns N' Roses were doing good business without Slash. Slash comes back, that elevates them from you know, good, respectable arena crowd to stadium, multiple stadium crowds around the world. That's and Slash is sober and good dude. He's a friend, so there's there's not even the underlying drama. It's just they figured, okay, you're, it, speaking honestly, and I don't mean this with any disrespect to Dennis. But if Dennis came back to the band tomorrow, I think you guys are still doing pretty much the same business you do now. Would you agree? Maybe slightly. Obviously, there would be a little bit of a kick, but it's not like overnight Sticks becomes a stadium band. I don't think anyone knows that for sure. But um, I mean, but for you, it's not worth the... Well, as Tommy said, we, we got the band back together, and we, we, we sold uh, we 15,000 tickets a night across. We were headlining arenas. Again, I mean in the sheds. But then Dennis limited us to 40 shows the next year because he was going to be doing some other project. It wasn't like the band was his main focus. He still was writing musical theater pieces right? to our detriment. Right. Let's talk to Paul, who's in Tennessee. Hey, Paul, you're on with the guys in Sticks. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, Paul. Very well, Paul. How are you doing? Thank you. Doing great, doing great. I've been enjoying this whole conversation. I didn't realize it's... Now my turn, and I forgot what I was going to ask you. What has kept Dicks going all these years? What's the thing that's held you? Is it the music? Is it the camaraderie? What is it? It's clearly uh, Tommy's desire to make it into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame while he's still alive. <laughs> We've established that. Yeah. Clearly the driver in Sticks going on for yeah. 50 years. And I feel great. <laughs> and he looks great. Son of a bitch found the fountain of youth. I don't know when or how, but I, I need to. I need some of the vitamins or whatever you take, Tommy, because it's crazy. I don't yeah, know I mean, the, the reality is, is that you know you find something that you really love to do as a career and you will never work a day in your life this is this is an incredible joy and uh i mean we we spent you know we spent 13 years not having this and then uh you know now you know it's it's like we've been doing this a long time and we still i still love being on stage with tommy shaw and lawrence gowan and todd Zuckerman and ricky phillips and chuck panazzo when he's there so and yeah it's not work it's just it it's it, joyful it's joyful at the at the end of the day we get to go up and play this music uh for however long we're playing that evening you know from 90 minutes to two hours or whatever and it's just it's medicine man it's great medicine when it becomes work that's when the drama and yeah. the, the the tension and the problems come in that's yeah. and you can see that in bands when you go see them yeah. You can see that. I mean, you guys have all, I'm sure, at stages in, the, in your careers lived through the, that. And that's just... You take the joy out of it, and it, it, it doesn't lead to good things. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, can you can you guys hang for a few more calls? Are we good? Sure. All right. Sure. Good. We'll go real quick with a couple quick more uh, phone calls. Then I'll let you guys get on your way so you can catch your plane. Uh, let's talk to. We got some people waiting over an hour, so let's get them in real quick. This is Jay in Texas. Go ahead, Jay. You're on with sticks. Hey, a thrill to be on the air with you guys. Um, hey, Jay. One of the best concerts I've ever attended live was those series of shows you guys did down in New Orleans, which eventually was put on vinyl for Caught in the Act. I've got that still. Um, and I was wondering if you guys would be open to reflecting on those shows and that tour. And then have they ever transferred it from VHS to DVD and Blu-ray? Because I'd love to get a copy of that. Thank you very much. Um, I honestly don't think they have. I mean, I've, I've, I've got the VHS of that. Um, Jerry Kramer may still have the original video masters, although, I mean, it's probably on analog tape. Probably. And that could be shedding by now. Um, it's probably the, you know, we're, we're far removed from that, and it's how many years ago? 30, 34 years ago. Um, but, yeah, that, that um, well, I don't know that we video. We did videotape there, didn't we? That's where we videotaped it. Um, you know, uh, I guess we'll have to check into that. Thanks for asking the question. Thank you, Jay. Appreciate it. Tim in Florida. Tim, you've been waiting over an hour. Appreciate that. Thank you. Go ahead. You're on with sticks. Was plexiglass toilet Dennis D. Young's idea? No, 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 no. That was uh, John <laughs> Serluski. Uh don't Who sit was so, down uh, on the plexiglass toilet. Yeah, John, John <laughs> Strzelewski. <laughs> Wipe the butt clean, clean with, with the papers. Make it nice for everyone. And don't sit down on the plexiglass toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Clue me in on this. What did, what happened here? No, well, um, this that song was number one on Dr. Demento, I think, for a year straight. What year? Um well, I don't know when Demento discovered ago? it. That that was out on our third album called "The Serpent Is Rising." It was before Tommy was in the band. You recorded that, John Serluski. Yeah, it's on the record. It's on the record. You can buy you it just today. Just the trunk. I had no idea. Oh yeah, wow. Yeah. Toilet, man. And uh, it, it was just. I mean, John Serluski <laughs> was a uniquely talented individual, and uh, ultimately he became. He was a crazy, wonderful guy, but he was, you know, he was he was not happy in the framework of the band uh, when when he left in early December, and which opened the door for Tommy Shaw to walk in. Um, but that, I mean, he had a very quirky side to him, and uh, which at times was incredibly entertaining, um, but it also led him stray in some ways. So, uh, but no, Dennis Young had nothing to do with that. Did you guys play? Have you guys ever played it live? I don't think so. <laughs> we've we've sung it backstage, and it's been on uh, on social media. You just sung to, it just now. We just we had did. an impromptu That's performance. Well, you know, it's, it's a fun thing. <laughs> it is. Boy grows up to eat the enchiladas <laughs> with the sauce that burns the heart. <laughs> family comes to visit family. Mama said, "Don't belch and fart." <laughs> And Sounds like it does have a bit that. of a, a reggae feel to it, from what I'm picking like up. A, a little bit of a steel drum in the background. Steel drum, absolutely. Yes. Yes. Number one on Dr. Yes. Demento for almost a year solid. Wow. Ricky and Marilyn. Go ahead, Rick. You're on with sticks. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? We're good. Good. Well. Awesome. Hey, uh, 
Big fan, been a fan. Uh, well, let's put it this way. I've got eight tracks still from you guys. Wow. Um, yeah. Eight tracks will and, make a uh, comeback, too. Hold on to them. Vinyl's yeah, back. I, cassettes I coming back. Eight tracks coming back. <laughs> Open reel. They made their record on two-inch. It's all coming back. Hold on to all of it. You got it. You got it, Blacklight posters, they're all coming. Yep. <laughs> so, saw you guys uh, with uh, Felder and Forder, I think it was about a year and a half ago. 2014, um, yeah. And I've got... Uh, Tickets to the show coming up here in about two months, three months in uh, Virginia. I think it's Beautiful. Awesome. Yes, sir. Um, and I'm the guy, I'm the guilty guy that was bringing up the damn Yankees thing. <laughs> the you guilty are guy. the final guy. Well, I just completed I the reunion in the last two, in the last six weeks, the reunion has happened on this show, at least all individually, but it, Tommy was the final piece. So, exactly. So, my question to you, Tommy, is if the stars were aligned and everybody was able to do it, would you be willing to do a one-off with the damn Yankees? Well, it, it would be what – how would the stars align? The, the problem is we've – Sticks is yeah, – we book our our year in advance, and so everything is all laid out. And uh, you have to balance your off time with how many days away that you're gone. And I just did – uh, two two years of working on the off time, so very careful to commit to any other thing other than doing sticks right now. Uh, it, but at the same time, never saying no to that because there was no reason to say no to it. It's just that sticks became the the center focus of of the music that I play, and now we have a new album out. So it's it's hard to think of the time when. Uh, when I would be available and when they would be available in a, in a perfect situation, if we had if we had some time and everybody was off and it wasn't infringing on anybody, uh, sure, we'd, there's no reason not to play together. And actually, the other three guys have all pretty much said the same thing. You know, yeah. Jack's out with Night Ranger; they just put out a new record, and and Ted's either hunting or touring, and Michael's doing art, and Leonard Skinner. <clears throat> so everybody's got their thing, and it's just a it's, it's really finding yeah finding yeah. the time in between there because you know it's hard. Real quick, uh, Jerry in Arkansas. Go ahead, Jerry. Hi, guys. Uh, I uh, have seen you guys the last three years. Best concert ever in Little Rock. Thank you. At the Thank State you. Fair, Fourth Road Dead Center. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. Please Appreciate it. Continue to, please continue to make DVDs because I have bought six or seven of you guys with Contemporary Youth Orchestra. And uh, last thing... I live in Nashville, Arkansas. Y'all performed there back, I think it was 73. Probably was, yeah. I was, yeah, and uh, Nashville's only like 4,500 people, so that's, that's pretty awesome. I, we, My wife and I just love you guys. Well, thank you. Well, thank great, you man. very much. Great to hear. Thank you, Jerry. I think that's a good way to end it. And also, I don't want your management to kill me, and I don't want you to miss your plane. So <laughs> uh, I apologize to the other calls we didn't have time to to, uh, to get to. But by all means, anytime any of you guys want to come in and sit in, you're, you're always welcome anytime. You used to live in New York, right, Tommy? You I did. You lived in the city for a while, I, right? I lived here in the late 80s. Yeah. So, But anybody, anytime you're passing through, hit me up. Come hang out anytime. It's right. always great to see you. you good too, luck Eddie. with the new record, The Mission. Again, everybody, it's out June 16th. Buy and support new music from all these bands. If you want them to keep making it, get out there and buy it. You know, you might not hear it on your classic rock radio station, unfortunately, but it's out there. Buy it, support it, and pre-order the new sticks right now. June 16th, it's out, and uh, you can pre-order wherever you buy music. So you don't forget about it. It shows up on the day it comes out. Beautiful. 
Well, great having Tommy Shaw, James Young, and Lawrence Gowan of Sticks in the studio. Check out the band's upcoming new record. Big tour going out this summer with REO Speedwagon as well. As a matter of fact, I have a new interview with Kevin Cronin of REO. I'll post that up for you sometime in the next week or two as well here on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Keep an eye on everything I've got going on on my social media. Most active on Twitter, at Eddie Trunk. Instagram, at Eddie Trunk. EddieTrunk.com is the website, Facebook fan page, Eddie Trunk as well. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She's the producer of the Eddie Trunk podcast. I'll see you guys again next Thursday for another all new episode, as always, free on iTunes at PodcastOne.com. Shaq, and with the NBA Finals in full gear, you know we're all over it on the big podcast for Shaq. Can the King bring another title to the land, or will Steph and KD make history again? We got to cover like no one else. Plus, the biggest guests from sports and entertainment, tons of laughs, and the top stories every week, all summer long. Just go ahead and crown those champs. The big podcast with Shaq, with a new episode every Monday at Podcast One. I'm what you might call very good at hide-and-seek. And since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house, even in my super-secret hiding spots. So I can kill time in here by streaming my favorite... Ha! Found ya. How? You left to find my tablet on. Get wall-to-wall Wi-Fi on the Xfinity 10G network. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary.